0: Hi everyone, our guest today is Brad Eisenhuth and Brad had so many great insights we, ac- we actually decided to split it into two episodes and this is the second part of our interview with Brad and you can find all the detailed show notes at sitnshow.com slash podcast slash 016. Now, Brad is actually the founder and CEO of The Outperformer, an online career management platform which is dedicated to the accounting and finance community and provides members with various supports such as webinars, uh, one-to-one consulting, mentors, subject matter experts and others in the community to help accountants and finance professionals to work through their career challenges and decisions and Brad also does a lot of work with organisations, enabling their employers to access best-in-class thinking to deliver better results. All through the power of career development. In financial accounting the second part of our interview with brad we cover a number of different points some of the key ones being the one action that differentiates those that progress in their careers from those who don't now brad also shares the relationship between career success and business partnership what arm wrestling experiments can teach us about business partnering and collaboration and also an extremely useful model that he's distilled from analyzing top performers in accounting and finance into just these four simple elements that we can all use and leverage to determine what our career sweet spot is. And even just listening to that element of the show will give you tremendous value. And again, you can find where that comes up in the detailed show notes. To find out more about Brad, go to www.theoutperformer.co for more information on career management, planning for the accounting and finance professional. And I was really delighted to have Brad on the show. So without further ado, over to Brad and the show.
1: And one of the things you start to really learn when you watch careers evolve and why certain people have pushed forward in their career, it comes back to the ability to, for people to appreciate that value and, and say, well, you know, I'm delivering stuff that matters to another person. And intrinsically, by nature, these other people um, feel a need or a capacity to support you for doing great things for them. You know, there's an interesting book. I think for anyone that's on the line, it'd be really good to look at this. Um, A guy called Adam Grant wrote a book called Give and Take. Adam Grant's a a professor at Wharton and he he looks at all these social behaviours. And what he came up with was that there are three types of people, givers, matchers and takers. And when you look at givers and matches, that that's probably the majority of our population. 20% of people are givers. They like to support others. It's probably people like you and I, Andy, you know, we're here in a conversation that we actually don't necessarily get a direct return on. We just want to help and want to provide some value to the marketplace. And those types of people exist everywhere and they're really valuable to have in your team. Matches, by nature, probably 60% of the population, these are people that, you know, you do something for and they feel compelled to do something back. It's that whole idea idea of, you know, IOU or supporting each other to, to help you know, create value with, within or this value trading concept. And the final group of the takers. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that takers won't do anything for you, but they'll typically orientate all of their decision making to what's in it for them. And these people you know, sometimes can be very successful within organizations that can manipulate and grow their career and and take advantage of other people. Um, But often, you know, when it comes to the the crunch, they may not help you. And so when we look at this whole idea of, um, you know, partnership or creating value for others, when we realize that it's not actually about us and it's about other people, we'll see that 80% of the people that we actually deal with would be really, really willing to help us succeed and develop and grow uh, in ways that are important to us if we're if we're clear about that. Um, so there's a there's a there's a relationship between career success or achievement and things are important to you and this whole idea of partnership and and supporting others around us
0: it, it's like it's like the ultimate win-win really isn't it
1: oh look it is it's um it's absolutely we do a little experiment in 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 some of our workshops and it relates to arm wrestling if I sit down and I say to you Andy you know you and you and a friend let's let's arm wrestle you know I want you to have an arm wrestle but what I'm going to do and the whole group um, gets together and we say look you know you've got 30 seconds, and uh, the objective is to see how many games of arm wrestling you can play. Now, what happens with most people is their instincts say, we're arm wrestling, let's go and let's go and put a lot of pressure against each other, and usually the stronger person of the two wins a few games. But the objective of the game isn't to win ar- the, the, the arm wrestle, is actually to play as many games as possible. And what we're not listening to in business is we're not listening to the objective typically. We're not saying actually what the real objective is, is not to battle with each other. It's actually to aim for something a little bit greater. And what a smart person does at the start of that game is they sit there to their their opponent and they say, hey, we've got to win as many games. Let's just go really easy on each other and move our arms really quickly. And we can knock off in 30 seconds, maybe 20 or 30 uh, completion of game. And this is where it comes down to um, this idea of partnership is really understanding the objective and getting the other person to genuinely partner with you and help you achieve um, what the, the overall objective is for our business and be aligned on that as opposed to um, battling against each other and, and, and I guess thinking in old ways
0: spoken a bit in the past about collaboration. Is is that really where it's at for us now going forward into the future? Or or is there perhaps another area we should be looking at? What I'm trying to think of, Brad, is you know, if we were to look ahead for the next twelve months and if there was maybe one key thing we could be doing in finance and accounting to to add more value and be performing better, what would that one thing be?
1: If I really put it down to one, I do think you use the word collaboration. I do think collaboration is, is completely uh, where we unlock a lot of potential. You know, we, we had in Sydney a story the other day, you know, two CFOs engaged with each other. One CFO had rolled out the SAP product with their business and, and actually has a very similar business to this other CFO. And they sat down with each other and, and one CFO basically was there to To digest you know what that other cfo had been through in terms of the implementation the watch out points how they dealt with the consultants structurally how how the 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 system could be rolled out to create value for the business um all these sorts of questions and of course the other cfo has been around he knows a lot um it's not to suggest that he wouldn't be able to run us an implementation without that insight but it's it's that ability to pick up the efficiencies and the the insights that other people have that we just can't see because we haven't been through it before. And, you know, that conversation, you know, and this happens all the time. I work on this in Sydney all the time. The introductions I, I do within our one-on-one piece, the mentorship piece is all around where can someone else help you achieve what you're trying to achieve? Where can someone else help you get through a problem or get over a speed hump in, in, in what you're working on? And so in these, these situations, you get this, this complete immersion into a problem between two people who are really intelligent and prepared to help each other. For the CFO that's giving the information, typically they appreciate that you know, they're seen as someone that's valuable and this advice is useful and and they feel good about that. And it comes down to some really basic human needs of being prepared to contribute to someone else and help them. Um, you know, the other part of them is they also appreciate that that person um, – it's probably likely to be someone they can call on for some advice on the other side. You know, I've I've just helped you out. Um, you know, if I'm ever trying to think of an idea that that's um, you know you, that that you might be able to help on, I'm sure I could call on you. And this this part about um, tapping into other people in our community, and that's both within our organisation and externally, is something that people can. Really, uh, I think if they put some energy towards it in the next 12 months, um, thinking about where those opportunities lie – um, so if I thought about it internally, that would be where is value, where is the opportunity to, to to collaborate on things we can create together that help us move forward. And I think externally, where can other people that have been through challenges like we have been through before, where can we tap into their ideas, you know, capture some of that intelligence, bring it to the table really efficiently and, and adopt it. Now, of course... You know, you have to have some confidence to be able to get out there or or leverage your own networks to do that. But I think there's a lot of value in that
0: what great advice to share Brad because I I was thinking when I started I was getting really frustrated because I thought like all you got to do is work hard and educate yourself and always thinking how can I solve this? How can I do this better? And I thought I had great confidence but then when a mentor showed me you may be asking yourself the wrong question rather than asking like how can I solve this is who do I need to know that can help me solve this? And I guess there's probably a bit of insecurity in accounting and finance because we're expected to know all the answers to our technical areas when actual fact business is really about people it's about making connections and and that's one thing about the advice you've just given but also in your book about finding uh, our career sweet spot uh, which i thought thought was a really useful idea particularly for those you know quite ambitious amongst us trying to go for the more senior finance positions In actual fact the fact you're referring to some senior finance peoples you know we can get it wrong as well sometimes by forgetting to ask who can help but um in terms of career sweet spot you know uh, do you mind sort of sharing for our audience perhaps what is it and how they can benefit from understanding it better?
1: Yeah, absolutely absolutely. So first of all, I just want to make a comment around this part about networking and, and the relationship with others that the people've I've looked at over their careers they may be introverts, they could be extroverts. there's no commonality uh, between successful finance people and this this idea of being an introvert. I really want to highlight that first because when I talk about some of these ideas, for anyone in your audience that feels they're a little bit reserved and that they, they're not the sort of people that network or that create relationships, it's probably more about the way you're going about it than your the nature of your personality. So we're just going to – I just want to point that out. But the, the career sweet spot or this concept that I, I've come up with and, and I've now described it as this uh, chin model clarity High performance influencer networks, and really, what it's about is identifying this version of success that's important for you. Um, Now, that might change as as our life evolves. You know, we have children, or we, um, you know, something significant happens in our life that changes our perspective on the world, or there's certain things about our ambition that change. But ultimately, um, this this is a framework designed to help people find this version of success whatever is important to them and it starts off with clarity and that that let us see clarity is is about looking at two features in our our career first is internally so what is it about uh, me that drives me who am i being self-aware about the things that i'm good at and what i'm not so good at or where i i enjoy spending my energies and once you understand that, this becomes like this centerpiece of your compass, your career compass. Where do I take that? Where do I take all this thing, these 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 um, strengths that I have, or these values that I believe in? These things that are important to me. And once you appreciate that, then you start to use that compass in that direction. You say, well, what does great look like? This version of success. What are some of the things that I'd like to be doing? How do I understand the functional and behavioral components of a of someone that is doing what I'd like to be doing in the future. Can I tap into it and really appreciate that rather than just making a judgment of a job spec or rather than just making a judgment of what a recruiter tells you, how do I really understand what it looks like to operate at that level in the future Um, and start to capture that, you know, through people and through some experience and and playing around with it. So clarity is is, is an evolving piece but typically for people that are uh, are at least clear on that direction, they can build structure around that. The next is performance or high performance. So it's realising that um, two things. Performance is uh, essentially measured or subjective. It's it's measured in the eyes of the beholder. So when we're in any organisation or when we're in the marketplace or when we're looking at our career, we need to appreciate that performance that we create uh, or the the way we deliver our role um, is, is, is directly relevant to this this idea of um, where we're going in the business and what's important to getting there. And the more that you tap into that and the more that you engage with stakeholders that that you create that value for, the more they trust you, the more they appreciate you, the more they'll support and develop you. And it's that whole give and take piece that I talked about a little bit earlier. So realizing that performance is a huge driver to career achievement and attracting more career opportunities is really, really valuable. And that's, that's something that no matter where you're at in your career, when you, if you can take a step back And maybe do this every few months or when when you're on a particular phase in in an organization. What is performance in the eyes of the people I support? Um, Now, sometimes what people feel is great and what you can deliver is not right, right? So what you start to uh, you start to realize, well, hang on, where is my strength and where is this organization going? This, This doesn't play to my strengths. In fact, it's an environment that doesn't make me feel good and I can't perform effectively here. Then maybe that's a really good indication that you're not in the right environment to create strength performance and you start to look at well where is it that i i can find this sweet spot where can i get a balance between where i'm going where my, my strengths and performance can be really really valued the, the final two parts are influence and network. So influence is about how you convey your message as a leader. So there's this external component. Now we're all leaders, we're all influencing others, we're all engaging with others. You know, regardless of whether an account's payable and dealing with a supplier or a financial- Definitely. The financial controller or, or a, you know, finance business partner dealing with the sales and marketing team or whatever it may be, there's always an element of an influence and a need for the other party to, to come on a journey with us and realizing that. That we're a leader uh, as early as possible is is very important. Now that conveying of message helps us in different ways. It can help us, you know, achieve a promotion. It can help us build and collaborate with others. It can help us, um, you know, message. Uh, something to a very large audience and a group and, and, and take them where they need to go. Um, the second part of influence is, is our internal influence. So it's looking at resilience and mental toughness. When, when I talk to a lot of finance professionals, they say to me things like, I'd love to be a CFO or I'd love to do these sorts of things. But then the mental toughness piece falls over. So what they need to do to get to this goal they're perhaps not prepared to do. They won't go out of their comfort zone to move into places or do things. Perhaps it's they're lacking a little bit of confidence. Perhaps it's the know-how. Perhaps it's, um, you know, this whole idea of, um, you know, uh, just generally doing what needs to be done and being prepared to, to to be resilient through some challenges, right? But this whole idea of mental toughness and resilience, bouncing back, resilience is about bouncing back from challenging times and being flexible and malleable in the way that your, your emotions handle with challenges and, and mental toughness being prepared to achieve a goal. Um, the final piece going back to that is it, it, you know, bringing this all together is network. So the sweet spot is we have great people around us that help us achieve. and Those people can be within our organisation. They, they help us get things done and and, and, and naturally in, in the eyes of those people that you work with, you want to be seen as someone else can, can add value to them as well. Um, and then also externally. So, you know, talking about the example I talked about with the SAP implementation before or, or, or the mentorship example you used, in your own career and, you know, these people that can show us what the other side of the fence looks like. How can we get there a little bit more efficiently? How can we solve these problems in a way that is uh, more effective? And once you get these people around you, you tend to find that, you know, the, the, the cycle of doing working on all of those four components uh, typically leads you to a place where you're, you're feeling really rewarded, you're feeling happy, you're probably attracting good opportunity. And, and you know, you're waking up in the morning excited. It doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're, you're not challenged. In fact, it probably means that you do have challenges and, and things that you need to do to, to make a difference. But ultimately, you know, as I said, going back to that clarity and performance component, these are things that invigorate you. These are things that, that make you excited and happy so once you, if you can go through that cycle and, and think about, well, where, where is it that I might have a deficiency? For a lot of people, there's that issue on clarity that are they doing things that genuinely make them happy? And testing that and challenging that and getting some, some feedback around that is really, really powerful. For others, it's network. It's, it's that they, have, they don't actually – they haven't invested in their network over their career. You know, they've worked with some really fantastic people early in their career and they've just let them wander off and, and not maintain a relationship or value that relationship there's a lot of things that can come on stuff so my view typically when you look at that sweet spot concept is think about within those four areas um what is it that potentially might uh might be a deficiency or might be holding you back from um from reaching this version of success or or create create value that you're you're looking for
0: fantastic framework and so simple i mean i think we can all you know leave this show and remember the the chin you know four steps that i think we all need to undertake and i I can relate to each one of those in terms of in terms of my own career and I think you've absolutely nailed it in in all those elements look I I guess you were talking about exciting exciting and rewarding careers I don't think that's what we'd love to see everyone achieve but like from your perspective what's exciting you most about your work at the moment
1: oh there's a few things that are really exciting me first of all I think there's this this movement or 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 transition that the finance community is going on and and i love watching it it's there's this conversation about challenging the status quo there's this conversation about you know robotics or uh, artificial intelligence you know the the technology that can be adopted and implemented it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone's acting on that right now i don't think we're at that phase but i can see where that's going i think the second thing is i'm i'm seeing and i'm particularly focused in australia with the work we're doing right now but you know CFOs and finance leaders and executives more broadly are getting behind this concept that we're talking about this collaboration this idea of you know, going and getting our, our, our finance community to really engage in these sorts of ideas. You know, every time I talk to a, a finance leader about, you know, getting involved in one of our, um, you know, webinars, they're really, really passionate about giving back. And I think sometimes, you know, they, they feel a bit overwhelmed and busy, but when when they're given the chance and when they feel like their insights are, uh, are valuable to others, I, I can see that it's really working. Um, and I think the other thing is, you know, I'm seeing this with respect to, um, yeah, you know, the workshops we're doing in organisations. Yeah, you know, businesses are starting. You know, finance leaders are really starting to to appreciate you know, the concepts we've talked about today and realizing that individuals need to drive their own career and, and that ultimately they're in the driver's seat and, and giving them the tools and giving them the skills and actually investing over a period of time. You know, not just saying, well here's this dog and pony show style of workshop, listen to that for an hour, get excited and, and you should be fine and you go and learn you know go and apply those skills you've learned. I think they're realizing that You know, if we want to see change, we actually have to invest in it and we we actually have to um, spend the energy – with our people to to make a difference you know i was there was a finance leader i work with in sydney here we did some some work around that change concept and and driving career uh and being the owner of your career and and the team started producing you know projects and coming up with ideas and 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 working on ways to create value in their business now he's he's actually a little bit overwhelmed he's like my god that this this team is now starting to to really drive um, interesting conversations and thinking about the big picture and, and doing some some really cool stuff in our business. In fact, it's making my job <laughs> a lot a lot more busy uh, because I'm working with my team in a different way now. And I said, well, that's that's a very good problem to have, right? Um, so you know, they're, they're the things that really excite me. It's um, it's the reason I moved out of recruitment from that sort of transactional to to a, to a you know, transactional environment to, to a place where um, you, know, you can really make a difference.
0: and into the work you're doing, I can see it's delivering a fantastic impact. You've been really brilliant at giving us loads of advice and, and actually what I like about it is very practical as well. I think there's nothing in here that any of us aren't able to do. It's not an inborn ability. These are skills that can be learned and just walk through to go on a journey, particularly with our careers, but also for adding value for our businesses. So you know you've been given the advice but in terms of people giving you advice what what's the best bit of advice you've ever received brad
1: earlier in my life there was you know a bit of advice which is if you do what everyone else does you'll just end up like, like everyone's and i think you know being part of the pack there's nothing wrong with with being average or general and so on. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, I, I do think if we're going to stand out and we're going to make a difference, um, that you just can't do what we've always done. And, you know, I've done that and I've applied that in my own career, you know, to some degrees, there's a lot of risk that comes with that. And, and you know, I'll be stepping well out of my comfort zone to do that. But Um, you know that was really good advice to me and and one of the things that when I I heard that I I started to look at outliers I started to look at you know what are people in my own field doing that that, that's working that are really good at what they do and have a great reputation you know and how do I start to apply those things rather than uh, I guess doing what uh, the, the masses in my field were doing. And, um, you know, I applied that particularly in the recruitment space. You know, one of the things I learned very early to, to, to listen and appreciate that, you know, these people are just like you, they have their own career, you know, they, they have pressures, they have their family, they've got all these things going on in their lives. And if you tap into that and appreciate that, um, you'll build a lot of trust and, and you can support people and make help them make better decisions in their career. Now that takes more time, that takes more effort, that takes far more investment of energy from my 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 end, but Ultimately, it made me very, very good at what I did and, um, you know, doing that and being different to everyone else and actually paying attention to some of those details was was really good advice that I'm glad I I took up.
0: Is is there any sort of other comments if you'd like to give?
1: You've asked around what can people do in the next 12 months. Um, You know, I think there's two pieces I'll talk about there. One is collaboration sharing strategies, being prepared to, you know, engage with other people to solve problems because there's a lot of knowledge and there's a lot of capability in finance that um, I just don't think we're tapping into. Oh, so true. Um, a lot of CFOs have given the advice, you know, one of the best things you can do as an accountant is not be an accountant. And, and that's not literally, but that's, that's the stereotype, you know, um, and starting to talk about some of these, you know, this movement away from low value work So, I, you know, your career is a huge asset. Um, what you do every day to um, support, you know, whatever journey you're going on. And I think if you're going to spend 40, 50, 60, 70 hours, some of you will put a lot of energy in and invest a lot of time into what you're doing. I think it should be rewarding. And it should be something that you get a, a lot of satisfaction from. So, um, you know, regardless of where you're at on that phase, take a look at that that chin model, you know, reflect on it. Um, spend some time digesting what's important to you, and uh, and of course, if you do need that support, reach out to people that you value in your network to um, to get a little bit of feedback, to get a bit of support. Um, you'll find that others are very willing to help in this community. One of the things I love about um, the accounting finance community is when you do actually tap into you know and give them the chance to provide and support others. Um, they certainly do so good luck with that and uh, and I hope everyone uh, got a lot of value out of our conversation today
0: so thanks for sharing brad and, and look, thanks uh, overall for for sharing such great practical advice and also relevant frameworks for us to to work with I, I really like your your chin model i think all of us can benefit from that i'll never you know look at a reverse steering bike in the same way again after your explanation <laughs> so thanks for sharing that and, and i think we'll all be able to build a bit on our strength in the numbers following the show should any of our listeners you know wish to find out more about you or connect with you Where's the best place to find you at?
1: Oh, look, there's a couple of things. First of all, take a look at our, our online platform and our webinars. You can find me you know, doing very similar work to what you're doing, Andy. I'm really impressed with what you're doing, and I think you'll you'll get a lot of interest in, in the interviews you're running. But uh, you can have a look at our website, which is www.theoutperformer.co.co. Um, so not.com for anyone that puts the M on the end, you want to go our website. Um, you can also connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, very happy to engage with people on that platform. I think it's the best place for professional conversations. So just search my name and you'll find me uh, fairly easily. And, um, you know, if anyone wants to talk about, know their own team and some of the workshops we do um, their individual career and and what we can do to support those uh, you know that particular chin model that's the model that we use for our career consulting and the work we do to help people navigate through that Um, you know if you're looking at mentorship or wanting to think about that in your own life you know again the areas that we can we can talk about.
0: Fantastic. Thanks, Brad. I'm going to put all the links on our show notes on the website, sitnshow.com. But before we wrap up, I just want to say thanks again, Brad, for investing the time with us. Uh, you've been a fantastic guest. I wish I could spend more, but I really respect you a business to run as well. Um, so I'd love uh, this to uh, be the first of many catch-ups and uh, you, know, you sharing your thoughts with everyone on this show. So thanks again, Brad, for being with us today.
1: Anytime, Eddie. And, and congratulations on all the work you're doing. And um, I'm, I'm very confident that uh, this podcast will be a great success. So congratulations.
0: So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect and really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. And when all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities, and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care. And let's keep building our strength in the numbers.